Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and it is a pleasure to be with you today as we visit with Julie Holly, who is the founder of Three Keys Investment, where she helps enlightened investors like you to find your freedom through multifamily real estate investing so you can live the life of your dreams. She has invested in single family homes and house hacked before it had become a name. Today, Julie invests as both managing and general partner in multifamily assets. So Julie, take us into the show and share a memorable experience from your formative years. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. That's such a pleasure. And yeah, you were asking about that. And instantly, off air, when you asked that question, I was thinking about two elements that are my entrepreneurial roots. And that, I mean, my family is a family of entrepreneurs, but in order to go to the movies or do anything fun, we had to earn every little bit of money to do that. It was on us. Those are extras in life. And if you want to go do extras, you have to earn it. And so I'll never forget going door to door selling little salt and pepper shakers. My grandpa had worked for Pepsi Cola and management and we had just these boxes of these little leftover salt and pepper shakers and just going like, I'm going to go to the movies. I was probably thinking about where I lived. I was probably about six or seven years old. So I just think about today if I let my kids do that. But it's really interesting when I look back at the things that I was constantly trying and the levels of discomfort I'd put myself in, like going door to door. (laughs) <laughs> you know, just to try to learn something to arrive at a particular destination. Yeah, that's quite an experience. And I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs who've had those kind of early experiences where their parents expected them to, if they wanted extras or anything like that, to have money. I mean, to do something to get that money. It's a great way to start kids out, it seems to me like. Yeah, I think it worked out well. <laughs> Particularly if they have a source of encouragement in terms of when things really get discouraged, if they have someone there to pick them up and help them to find their way. Well, uh, Julie, the family CFO is responsible for more than paying bills and adding to savings, as you say. So there's a responsibility to grow wealth through well-placed investments. So I assume that you must be the family CFO. So tell us about that experience and how it is that you guide your family's investment prospects. Right. Well, actually, I found multifamily investing because I am the family CFO. And we were looking for... I was... We had already made a decision. So like any good company or organization, a family should does have an element of business to it. You're dealing with money. (laughs) And so we do make those decisions together. But in our discussions, we were looking for a better investment vehicle. And so that's when I look at you know family CFO, I look at so often... I evaluated for myself, what do I expect? I can't expect somebody else to do this and to figure it out if this is the role and responsibility I have within you know, my family setting, then that burden is on me to pursue this and to learn more about whatever is going to expand my family's horizons. So, you know, taking things beyond just like the basic family budget 
it needs to extend into, well, how do I grow my family's wealth? I really took that as a serious endeavor and went in a full throttle pursuit. Ended up finding out that I absolutely love this form of investing (laughs) and realizing that this form of investing can serve so many people, as you call them, enlightened, you know, enlightened investors. It's like, it serves them so well. And so that put me onto a different trajectory. But what's interesting is that, you know, is as you're listening to this, you might start reevaluating some of the structures in your own personal setting, right? And say like, well, if this was a business, would I be satisfied with how this position is being fulfilled? And it's a really important conversation for every family to have. Well, that is so true. I mean, as you say, families are like a business in so many ways and shape and form, not just from the budget perspective, but I mean, families are organizations. And without working relationships, families don't work well any more than businesses do. Well, you had said that you investigated different types of investment platforms and opportunities. What were some of the various different investments you looked at and why did you, I guess I would say, disregard those rather than following through with some of those other forms? Absolutely. Like most people, we were invested in stocks. And by the way, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater of the stock market. I think that there's room for all sorts of investments. But in that, my husband and I agreed that it seemed more volatile than we wanted to participate in as in a large capacity. So we were picking up single family and just, you know, buy, acquire, rent. Yes, like no big deal. But that had its limitations for us. And as we were looking at other options, I went into a lot of different things. I went into explore the crypto space, you know, <laughs> which at the time of this recording, whenever this airs, this is in the springtime. So I don't know what crypto will be doing when this airs, but crypto is not doing super great right now, which is really interesting. But we were like, okay, well, let's explore the crypto world. And so, I, you know, began to just dive into that, get my understanding. And we still have crypto. I think personally, I think it's a great investment. Uh, it's not a, unless you're day trading, similar to Wall Street, it's not a get rich quick or anything like that. It's a steady, it's a different investment vehicle and it definitely needs to be understood before someone dives in. Do you see, I'm trying to, I'm like, there's so much beneath the surface of crypto that, you know, that's why there are podcasts dedicated to it. Also went into the e-commerce realm as a form of passive investing. And while I did that, I really became much more sympathetic towards my passive investing partners because that investment did not work out. And the people I partnered with were not the best partners. And so that was just a very interesting scenario to find ourselves and also extremely stressful. And so it's kind of nice when you invest in other asset classes outside of real estate, you can start to learn. I think for me, I was like, I feel the pain of this. (laughs) I want to make really good choices. And all of these experiences drove me straight back to apartments and large scale commercial real estate. Every single time I got like, try to explore something else, it always leads me back to commercial real estate. Like for us, we can't find a better investment vehicle. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. 
Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. I totally agree, of course, particularly with the volatility of Wall Street. That's what has always been a concern for me. And you know, it's easy to get into stocks and bonds, but even though it's easy to get into it, it is complicated. And if you're really going to make your investments grow in stocks and bonds, you need to understand that environment. Warren Buffett is a prime example of that. I mean, that's his primary investment. It always has been. But he understood it and he understood the companies he was investing in. And a lot of people shy away from real estate, particularly commercial real estate, because they think, oh gosh, that is so complicated. To me, it is multitudes less complicated than the stock market. And contrasting to the ease of getting into stocks, getting into commercial real estate, there are some complexities to that because it's not a publicly traded instrument. Well, to add to that, you know, it's very interesting. I always find it very interesting that I used to hand, you know, money over to a financial planner and not that I don't have, we actually have a wealth manager now, but, you know, earlier in our days, we're handing it over to a financial planner. I had no idea what they were doing. I had no idea about the fees associated with what they were doing. And quite frankly, I very rarely looked at the statements that came. And it's interesting. I think about a year ago, I was cleaning out files and I was looking at those statements and it's like, this would not have grown into what we need, particularly we are already thinking inflation is, you know, in my lifetime. And I was just like, man, that Mm -hmm. would not have been enough. And that's the other element that I think a lot of people neglect is like, okay, going back to the previous question with a CFO, a CFO has to be future casting and saying like, okay, well, what, what will we need? Not just as our kids get older, but as we get older. And then coming into this question, you know, what investment vehicle is going to, uh, you know, hedge us in so that we can live that life. And it doesn't mean that you're living some glamorous life out on a yacht necessarily, right? But it's the life that you choose choose and that you want to live. But unless you're planning for that and looking at statements and being active, it's very difficult to arrive at that destination. So for us being hands-on, especially for me, it's really, really great. But as you said, I completely agree. Real estate, when we placed our first passive investing, my husband and I looked at each other and said, that's it. I mean, there was no notary (laughs) involved. We didn't have to go anywhere, except at that time we had to go to the bank because we couldn't wire directly from our bank. Many banks now you can wire. So it's like, we didn't have to do anything special. It was easier than buying a home. I didn't have to go meet with a financial planner and go to an office or do nothing. Just found what we wanted and went on online, filled out the form and boom, next thing you know, you know, we have this investment. (laughs) I think that's amazing to a lot of people who haven't been through that experience. And it's it's very frightening you talking about an investment that is worth 
several millions of dollars. And of course, as an individual, that's probably out of reach for most of us. But through that syndication process, even people with very, you know, somewhat modest means can invest in that. And once you understand that, and once you find the syndicators to invest with, it's amazingly simple. It's just that first step of finding those investments and those investment partners, which can be intimidating. But tell us about what do you mean by financial freedom? And what do you mean when you say financial freedom is just the beginning? What comes after that? I love this question. I am a very firm believer that we are created with a larger contribution to offer the world. And unfortunately, particularly in the comfort of Western civilization, we actually are very much encumbered. We have more than we have ever had in history. You know, in America, we have more now than ever before. And yet people aren't living these full, rich, satisfied lives. I mean, we see the millennials, you know, kind of bucking the system and we're going to become nomadic and we're collecting experiences, not money. And so we're seeing this shift, you know, taking place. Mm -hmm. But for us, when we think about financial freedom, instead of being encumbered by trying to keep up with the Joneses, when we have that space to breathe, and I'm sure you've seen this happen, you know, to people, when they have that financial freedom where they're not being pressed by credit card debt or other debt, all these liabilities in their life, when that pressure is removed, that's what I call, that's one level of financial freedom. I think there are lots of levels of financial freedom, but that to me is the very first level of financial freedom where, okay, instead of having this brick pressing down on my chest and I can barely breathe now, it's like, okay, I can breathe. And then once you start breathing and catching your breath, you start to see that the world is this beautiful place, <laughs> literally birds chirping. And, you know, it's just, there's so many opportunities. And then as someone continues to build on that financial freedom to where now they're not trading time for money, but now they have time to record podcasts or to do some pursue some other endeavors. Now they're able to give this contribution. And I don't say that I'm not an artist per se. Don't ask me to draw. When I was a school teacher, I would draw stick figures. That's the best I can do. <laughs> my brothers, they're amazing artists. I can't, that's just not my wheelhouse. But we all have some level of creativity to offer the world. And that creativity presents itself in so many different ways. When we alleviate that pressure, that financial pressure, now we're able to entertain the ideas that we have. They're unique to us. I mean, it's not like, there aren't others. You and I are both podcasters. So it's not that, oh, nobody else does what I do, but we all do it in our own unique way. And that's a contribution. So that's why I mean, when I say there's financial freedom, but there's so much more. And when we're looking at that richer satisfaction coming into our lives, well, when we give gifts, don't we feel very satisfied? Like it gives us this, you know, in return, gives us a very unique feeling. And when we contribute to the world and we know that even if the world doesn't like it, but we know we're doing something really great from a well-intended position and such, then there is also that self-feeding like, this feels really good. I want to do more of this. And I say, what if everybody in the world was able to do that? 
Absolutely. I think it would be a much kinder world, a much better place to live and enjoy life. And you just bring home really the research, particularly in social psychology, that demonstrates time and time and time again that happiness is not with a whole lot of money and that we know that. I mean, just the things that you illustrated there, when we're carrying that burden of debt or wondering how it is that we're going to get the next dollar to pay the water bill or to put gas in the car, that's not a very meaningful life full of much well-being and because we're always looking over our shoulder and we're always a little bit scared. But when we get to that level where all of those bills are paid, we don't have tons of credit card debt, and we have all of those things taken care of and we have just a little bit of time to go into that creative aspect of our life, that's when people are the happiest. I think a lot of people look at Jeff Bezos and go, God, I wish I had all of that. But from the research, it's like Jeff Bezos is no happier than the people have reached that place in life that you're talking about there. And then just taking that just a little bit further where they have, the money is coming in, but they're not relying upon their time and their effort to get that, that continuous paycheck. Those are happy people. Uh, generally speak. Agreed. And could you imagine, I just can't imagine constantly kind of looking over at the Joneses, you know, quintessentially speaking and saying like, shoot, I got to go figure this out. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, so, and that might be the juxtaposition to present also is like, we're intended to lead a life of contribution, not comparison. Oh, that's a wonderful way to put that. Yes, indeed. And yes, I think you're not, you're just going beyond that aspect of happiness here to actually meaning and purpose. And so tell us about that responsibility to invest in oneself and what does that mean to you? It is critical. You know, as I've said, so that really just like leads in everything here, just leads right into every single point. And that is when we want to live that meaningful life, a life that when we're looking back, and I don't know if you do this, I do this on a regular basis. Yeah, I won't say daily, but I'm always like going to future casting. What is future me? If future me was looking back right now, what would what would she say about this? How would she want me to show up? Like how was this connection, right? And so like mm-hmm. really looking to what we want to look back on. And instead of allowing fear to misguide our steps and misdirect us. I mean, fear is very useful in primitive times, right? It kept us, kept humanity alive in many, many, in a variety of ways, but we don't have saber-toothed tigers ready to pounce on us. I do mountain bike where there are grizzly bears and, and other wildlife that could pounce on me, but in general, <laughs> right? We're not out there trying to survive in those ways anymore. And so now we have this opportunity to really live this life of contribution instead of a position of fear and reacting to things that are really in our mind and not in reality. Now we can say, what is this that I have to contribute going back to that? And well, it's scary starting a podcast. Do it anyway. It's scary, you know, learning something new. Well, do it anyway. Right. And so now we're no longer leaning into that fear, but we're leaning into What is it that I have to contribute? And even if I'm afraid of it, is that worth it? Because I'm going to be looking back. And when I look back on my life, 
I want to see that I showed up a hundred percent along the way. And that means sometimes there are going to be some oops. Sometimes like with my e-commerce store, it's just going to (laughs) be actually it was a wash, but boy, that was painful, right? Like Mm. We're going to go through some of those, those moments, but they don't have to take us down and we can get back up and say, huh, okay. Learn from that one. Next, what else am I going? How else am I going to unlock this contribution? Yeah, look at those setbacks as challenges and opportunities rather than failures and disappointments. Wonderful way to look at life, and you brought so much to us today. So, tell our viewers and listeners what you have to offer and how we can get in touch with you. Well, I have so many things to offer that I'm like, where do I even start? So the best thing is to say, hey, head over to julieholly.com and check things out. Aside from having a really fantastic investment company, I have a podcast. I have a members-only book club so that you know, you're around people that are committed like you are to learning and personal growth so that you are showing up. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but if I'm not reading, if I am not reading, if I'm disengaged from that element, I notice that my mind starts to trail off and wander. So it's something I'm very passionate and committed about and supporting people with. So that is julieholly.com. That's good. You can find all of Julie's contact information on that site. And we'll have this information also in our show notes. Well, Julie, it's been wonderful being with you and Enlightened Investors. I hope you've enjoyed our show today, and I look forward to being with you in the future. Thank you, Holly, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.